Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to tournament poker strategy. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Fez Buddy and Killing Bird. Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. This is Killing Bird here with my co-host, as always, Diego Ronfez, buddy. What's up, man? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? I am surviving. You survive. You are a survivor. I'm going to work I'm harder. A survivor. Yes. <laughs> You're going to work stronger. I think I need to. <laughs> Can't wait to see you do the dance moves. <laughs> oh man, I'm saving that for a special video someday. <laughs> You're surviving. That's good. Yeah, I'm surviving too. I'm on a downswing. <laughs> Yeah, same here. Yeah. Well, I, not the huge dancing, but just yeah. Well, know. your bankroll is doing a lot of floating around. Yeah, same same here. You know, you, you go. My bankroll is not big on merch, so any downswing is like you know pretty much magnified. So I, I drop down, and I'm making it there, but I'm not final tabling. So it happens. Right. It's basically, what we talked about last podcast. <laughs> not much. <to> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we did this one so quick. Yeah. To the last one. Yeah. That, uh, not a lot has happened since then, but uh, but you know, I'll keep keeping busy with TPE stuff and whatnot. So yeah, I've been watching. Um, I've been watching a lot of poker lately. I uh, I DVR'd Sunday night. They ESPN two had the uh, the whole WSOP Europe, right? Um, and I watched all six or seven hours of that. Uh, and it was great because it was you know, first of all, it was a lot of coverage. Seven hours is pretty cool. Um, yeah. The WSOP Europe main event is you know just at least from 16 players on when they picked up is a lot of good players. I mean, you know, it's a whatever, 10 euro buy-in, 10K euro buy-in, and there's 593 people playing, and it's not like the main event here in the States. So it's, you know, mostly a lot of good players. At least that made it deep. I don't know about the rest of the uh, the field when it started out. Um, but, and I, I know Mike, Mike Leah made a, made a cashed and, you know, got not super far, but, made a little bit of a run, um, so we can ask him about it. But the final two tables were really strong. I mean, it was Mormon, it was Antonius, um, uh, Elio Fox, who, you know, casual players may not know, but Smoke Rock Flock on 2 plus 2, um, a lot of live success this year, and he ended up winning it. Um, yeah. He was great. Brian Roberts from 2 Months, 2 Million fame. Um, a couple of good Euro pros, uh, Moritz Kranich, I think his last name was. I think that's how it's pronounced. That's how it's yeah. pronounced. Um, oh, Jake. Co- I mean, like, I'm getting to Jake Cody. You know, like the seventh person I mentioned. Like, I, you know, because he went out of <laughs> right. the final table. Um, and there were. I mean, I don't even remember who else. I'm sure there were other good players. So it was. It was fun to watch these really good players um, play. And Antonius took a god awful beat. Did you see it? No, I have. It, I have it all DVR, right. but uh, I have not watched. I, it I won't yet. share that with you. But it was. It was. Uh, it was a god awful beat to Mormon. Um, but it was really fun. It was a really aggressive table. It was. It was. You know, high level thinking. You can see a lot of high level thinking. Fox played fantastic. I've, I've always really like when I see him post on two plus two. Um, I read his threads because I know it's going to be some really you know advanced thinking. Um, right. He did some some awesome three bets and four bets um, that he got people to fold. And uh, and Mormon Mormon didn't. It was him and Mormon heads up. I'm not spoiling anything because I, I think everyone knows that Fox won. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Uh, Mormon and and Fox, you know, got heads up and. Fox ran over Mormon. Mormon didn't have great cards, but um, Fox just like ran over him with his, his, you know, every time he opened, he would just jam on him. He just kind of, he played the situation perfectly. And I don't think there was much Mormon could, could have done because he didn't get cards, but 
Fox, like, it's one of those situations where, you know, Mormon didn't really do anything wrong. He was opening, he was trying to take control, but Fox was just, you know, aware of that and playing right. well and, and even better, you know, in many cases. So, um, so both, it was just fun to watch those guys play heads up, really good stuff, so. Yeah, looking forward to watching it, especially because there's not a lot of poker on TV no, well, <laughs> anymore. You know, I've been also watching, um, I've been watching the big game on PokerStars.tv. Oh, that's right. I forgot they still they still play that on there. Yeah, they had um they they did six weeks before they canceled it before they canceled it, and mm-hmm. so I'm on the middle of week three of the second season, uh, and it's fun. It's 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 fun. This is the one with Jared Huggins from Two Plus Two, the guy who um who was homeless and oh, playing right. for charity, and um you know he's he's playing really tight. I'm not I'm halfway through the week. I'm not sure how it ends up for him, um, but the the play is great. You got you got Locke. Um, you got. Uh, I'm not sure if this week is Bryn Kenny. No, Bryn Kenny, Bryn Kenny was last week, and Nano Noko was there last week. Um, they got a lot of good, you know, just good aggressive, even internet players um, on this year. So it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah. That's what I'm. Yeah, I have to go back and watch that because I forgot that was available to watch on on the internet. So I have yep. to go back and check that out. Yep, and for all for all you know, TP members and and, and the people around the world, the uh, PokerStars announced the Turbo Coop. Which is pretty cool, I think. That's yeah. World, so um, that should be fun to watch. I'm definitely going to sweat some of those. Um, a lot of our pros are, are going to play that, and and I think we're actually going to try to get a, a turbo series uh, from Danny in before, uh, or actually a turbo series from that from Danny. I think we talked about that with him last week. Yeah. Um, from uh, Danny M13 when he plays that. So a lot of stuff going yeah. on. Even though uh, we're not playing as much, still the poker world is moving on, and that that Sunday Million. Uh, Ten million uh, guarantee. They crushed it, huh? Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. Jeez. Yeah, yeah I, it's amazing. It's it's the poker world is is moving on. It's still expanding. It's still growing. We're gonna, you know, I'm confident we're gonna get it here, and we're just gonna pick up and keep going. I think it's gonna yeah, it's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. Just only hard part is being patient. Yeah, but man, I'm just I'm learning. I'm I'm studying like crazy. I'm you know I'm I'm just. Watching the videos, I'm, I'm, you know, playing less. Ta- like we talked about this, playing less tables. You know, I'm taking advantage of this time um, where I think I probably played too much when I when we were able to play, and now I'm I'm making sure that I'm learning the game and keeping up with the trend. So, looking yeah. forward to it. Cool, and uh, yeah, and and we mentioned that uh, that Mike will be coming on. Uh, Mike Leah will be coming on the uh, the podcast today, but we'll also have Sean Hendrickson on, as we mentioned in the last episode, to talk about his uh, WPT run down in uh, Tampa, Florida. Yep, final table, uh, pretty cool. Yeah, so looking forward to hearing some some hands from his experience down there, and and of course Mike's a great player and and, and has a ton of live experience, so it'll be really good to hear his feedback on some of those hands as well, and, yep. and we'll catch up with him on on what else he has going on. So cool, should be a good episode. Bring him in. Cool. So we'll uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back with Mike and Sean on the uh, Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Hey, MT Tears. This is Casey Big Dog Pocket Fives Jarzebek from TournamentPokerEdge.com. If you've been looking for a trading site dedicated exclusively to tournament poker, then look no further. Tournament Poker Edge is only $23.95 per month with no initial sign-up fee and we post a new training video every weekday. You'll also find poker-related articles, blogs, and very active strategy forums. We even offer you the ability to upload your own video for others to discuss. So head on over to TournamentPokerEdge.com and find out why it's quickly becoming the destination for tournament poker players looking to take their game to the next level. TournamentPokerEdge.com 
Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Time now to bring in our pros, Sean Hendrickson and Mike Leah. How's it going, gentlemen? Great. Hello. Yo. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Why do you talk like that? <laughs> it's early for these guys, I think. We haven't gotten any of Derek's new sound effects yet. I figured he'd throw one in already. <laughs> oh, it's just a matter of time. I can't wait. <laughs> So uh, I guess, um, I, you know, as we mentioned uh, in the intro to the podcast, we're going to talk quite a bit about Sean's WPT final table run. Uh, but before we do that, uh, Mike, it's been a little bit uh, a little bit of time since we've had you on the podcast, so we should probably catch up with what you've been up to and and uh, what you got going on in, in the poker world. So I know you just got back, well, not just got back, but recently returned from Europe, yep. playing some events over there. How'd that go? It was, it was good. It was a good trip. Um, it's kind of last minute after WCOOP, but I went over for the World Series of Poker, um, played a few prelims in the main events, uh, went kind of deep in the main event, made the money, but um, it's kind of similar to my WCOOP main event where I was nursing a short stack for, for way too long and uh, couldn't quite make it far enough in this one. Yeah. And, Did you- uh, did you Sorry. feel like any extra confidence playing? I mean, I I know you probably have confidence to begin with uh, with your game, but just coming off of the big win, how'd you feel playing? Yeah, live? like, well, I it it kind of was was rushed, and I I flew like overnight to Europe and tried to play the next day, and so that that never yeah, goes too tough. well for me. I usually you know end up punting uh, a little bit more than usual. Right. But um, <laughs> I don't know. But by the time the main event got around, um, you know, I was playing much more deep stack and had way more time. And um, you know, when I kind of got into that same scenario, being short stack deep, it was easy to think back about. Uh, how it worked out for me in WCOOP. So um, I think, you know, when you have a successful run uh, as, a, as a short stack, it definitely gives you more confidence the next time. Did you but, uh, uh, did you play with anyone who made the final table? Because I, I just, I don't know if you saw it, but I just watched basically like six or seven hours of the coverage on ESPN2 the other night. Um, I, I played with, um, and I guess it was day, I guess day three. Yeah, we, we made the money on day three. So Patrick Antonius was on my... Yeah starting table and on my direct left uh, going into the bubble and after the bubble and until I busted. Um, when, when we were going through the bubble, he had our entire table covered. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh geez. One seat to my left, so that was a pretty interesting dynamic. How did you, uh, he, had, he ended oh, up bubbling the final table with a couple bad beats. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Oh, How did you think beat. the fields were over there? Um, overall, uh, fairly soft. Like, it was, there was there's a ton of great players, but there was a lot of local French players. So um, it was very, I guess it's similar to the World Series in, in Vegas, where it's very table uh, yeah. dependent. Uh, you could have yeah. some amazing tables. You could have some tough tables. Um, then I went over to EPT San Remo, uh, which was fun. I, I get pretty close to the money in the main event, but then final tabled a couple of the post limbs. And uh, it's my first time in Italy, and I, I loved it over there. So that was a good trip. Right. So do you think you'll do more uh, international traveling now to play to play poker I, after that experience? Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to try and find some cool places to go. Um, a little bit more flexible in my schedule now, so you know I'm going to try and pick some some cool destinations. Um, I can't see myself ever missing World Series Europe again, just for the uh, I guess the prize pools and the prestige and and everything else, and you know trying to trying to get that first bracelet. Yeah, but uh, yep. took took a, a good uh, I guess downtime after that trip after WCOOP and that. So I've just been kind of taking it easy for the couple months, uh, just sort of getting ready for the new year where I. 
plan to start going hard again. And I just launched my my own website, so took took some time getting that ready, and um, so that's been pretty cool getting that up and running. Nice. So what's the address? Uh, MikeLea.com. Cool. And uh, going to use it basically to to do a lot of uh, coaching and promote my my private coaching that I do, and uh, looking forward to doing some fun uh, fantasy sports things and. Um, you know, my Twitter and my blog and Facebook and stuff are all connected to that. So, so that's all there. Very nice. Very, Very cool. nice. Yeah. So all our listeners, make sure and go check out MikeLea.com for all the, uh, all the good stuff going on over there. Yeah. There's a little coaching form. So, you know, if you have a hand question or anything, feel free to uh, ask it on there and I'll, I'll try and answer a few uh, every few days or so. So you can get some free hand advice on there too. Awesome. Cool. Good luck with that. Thanks guys. Yep. And then we were actually just, uh, as we were getting ready to start recording, we were talking a little bit about the uh, the, the T-Coop coming up on Stars. Yeah. I assume you'll be playing most, if not all, of those I events. I'll be playing all 50 events, and I'll be, uh, <laughs> I'm sure, trying to start some uh, side action on uh, 2 plus 2 and Pocket 5s. So uh, try, try and get some leaderboard contests going. Um, yeah, I, I'm very excited about T-Coop. I was planning on playing all the Borgata events, but... Um, when Stars announced the schedule, I'm, I'm most likely going to come back home from PCA and, and uh, well, not most likely, I am going to be playing all of these events now. I've been, <laughs> I've been waiting and begging for Turbo uh, Coop events for, for years, so uh, they've finally given it to us, so it should be a lot of fun. Nice. You might have some trouble getting a leaderboard competition going after the last one you uh, there's <laughs> There's always degenerates out there. What <laughs> <laughs> you can count on is degenerates. <laughs> yeah, so I don't like the buy-ins in T Coop. There, like, there's some decent-sized buy-ins, but for the most part, they're trying to appeal to everyone. So there's a lot of like, you know, mid-stake buy-ins and stuff. So, um, you know, some sure the fields are going to be massive. Extra action. Yeah, so the field just be ginormous. So. Well, we'll be watching from the sidelines oh, over Poker here. Stars, I miss you. Yeah. <laughs> I read in the Merge thread on 2 Plus 2 that Merge is going to be doing a spring series, which is pretty cool. You know, it's not going to be obviously the scoop, but it'd be nice to have a series to play on. So we'll be... uh, Yeah, that would be great. I'm surprised it's taken them this long to do something. Well, I mean, I don't think they... You needed the the player base. They needed the player base. And remember, they weren't weren't growing... uh, you know they weren't prepared for Black Friday, so I think I think the rush of customers, you know, came out of nowhere for them. So I, I don't know if administratively they were prepared for what happened. So it takes a little time, I guess, for them to catch up and you know start start taking advantage of the their position in the marketplace. Tournament right. series are always fun. Like even yeah. you know UBOCs were were pretty small comparative to the full tilt stars, but they're you know still great and a lot of fun and good competition and so um should be something hopefully for them to build from cool so talking about yeah. the series uh sean congratulations hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations uh, so so basically for those who, who don't know we, we we teased it earlier um sean final table the wpt main event in what was orlando or tampa, tampa the hard rock the hard- <laughs> there it is <laughs> he, so he uh, he final tabled it. Congratulations! But he finished fifth. There's the boo. Yeah, where's the booze? <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Derek just Derek just realized that you can play sounds on your computer, so he's uh, 
fun. Taking full advantage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so congratulations on your fifth place. And so we thought um, we're, you know, we'd like to take some time today and go through some hands um, that you thought were interesting, um, talks from a strategic perspective. But just yeah. give us an overview. How, how, what was the tournament like? How'd it go? What did it feel like to make the final table of such a... Um, well, I played... How many tournaments did I play over there? Four total. I played, and I actually I have four hands. One's from the satellite that I won my seat into the main event. One from a $200 re-entry, and then I have two hands from the main event that I thought were good. Nice. But um, this, I went over the, the only reason I went over there was they were giving away seats in their cash games to these three satellites they were running. So you have all these cash game players, and I don't know if anybody's played poker in Florida, but they're not the greatest players in the world. Yeah, they have such a <laughs> reputation. Why is that? Uh, um, because like, it used to be in Florida, the rule was you could only play two-two limit for years. Okay, that was the biggest they had, and I think a year and a half ago they upped the stakes. Right. So you can play any any games. So that's why all these tournament series are coming to Florida. Everybody don't come here though, because the players are really really tough. <laughs> um, on average, your your players here are quite a bit worse than basically any other place I've played in the U.S. It's new there, right? It's, yeah. yeah, it's new. Again, I mean, it's been a year and a half, and like lots, live poker in a year and a half. I mean, it's not like playing online. You still don't get that many hands in playing live, so the learning curve really hasn't caught up. Wow. For instance, the 2K main event here I thought was five times softer than a $300 tournament I played in November or October at MGM in Vegas. Wow. I'm not even kidding. Uh, you do have some young online guys that do travel around Florida, and they actually gave me gave me shit about not doing it. They're like, "Why don't you travel to everything in Florida?" Yeah, and I said, <laughs> said, "I don't know. That's a good question." <laughs> Florida more. I don't really see any need for me to leave Florida. Um, it was a 2K main event. The levels are only 40 minutes, so. For a 2K, you'd expect the levels to be a little longer, but it was kind of their first time running a big series there. So they'll learn and they'll adjust. But um, So it played a little bit shallower as you got later in the tournament. because, But at the same time, people really didn't adjust. I mean, you'd see things like a guy raised under the gun for 3X. The guy on his left shoved for like six big blinds. Folds the man on the button, I fold. And the guy in the small blind who only has 11 big blinds shows me ace-king and folds. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> yeah, I want to go. I'm, uh, it's, I know it's Christmas and I have a family, but I'm ready to go play. <laughs> what do you, you expect him to do? He didn't even have a pair. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, to draw hand. So. It was unbelievable. Some of the things you'd see, like you're just yeah. your mind is blown, and and you kind of do have to adjust because they play so yeah. differently. You can't really. I mean, you have to really know the player you're playing against, if that makes sense. Because yeah. it's not like you you can't even give them credit for being competent at all. Absolutely. Because you know, I run into that a lot. I go to Vegas for conferences for my day job a lot. And, you know, when the day's done, I'll go play a tournament at, you know, Caesars or the Venetian at night for, you know, like a $120 tournament. And yeah. you see the same exact thing. I mean, most, most of the players are bad, but they're doing things like that. Or, you know, and, and or they call you. 
like unexpectedly when you think you have fold equity, or they fold when you think you have no fold equity. So it's, exactly. it's very confusing. It takes it takes some time to start to understand who's doing what, but you eventually get it, and then Edge comes in. And then yeah, I mean, you start with 30k in chips, and my buddy was at one of the other tables, and I think like at the fifth level or sixth level, I think the blinds are only 200, 400, and one guy was already up to 300,000. <laughs> he was just he was just bombing. Just bomb play. He would three bet like somebody'd make it twelve hundred and he'd three bet to fourteen thousand. <laughs> okay. Just wait and pick up a hand, but he was just getting there and, like for instance, there was one hand late on day two where uh a guy made it twelve thousand at two thousand, four thousand, and then the kid on my right three bet him to a hundred and twelve thousand. <laughs> And I look down at Queens, and I'm just never folding Queens to this guy. Yeah. So I shove. And He's then got he jacks, right? For, no, he had eights. Okay, yeah. But he did call, so wow. I have to give him some credit. He realized he priced himself in. Right. So just things like that, and then he's like, oh, I, I guess I shouldn't have three bets so much. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's probably what a good first blow. <laughs> so, yeah. anyways. Um, all right, you guys want me to go over some hands, and yeah. then uh, – Mike, you can tell me how bad I am. <laughs> At the end of this, All we'll right. be like, how did you make the final table? Exactly. <laughs> All right. So the first one was from, I played the $275 satellite to the main event. One out of every 10 people got seats. Uh, started with 7K in chips. The blind started at 2550 Mind you, like I said, a lot of these people were the cash game players that had won right. seats in their hand giveaways. So uh, I get dealt ace-king off. I think under the gun plus one. I raised to a 125. Uh, I got flatted three ways. The flop was king of diamonds, eight of diamonds, three of hearts. Uh, I was first stack, so I bet 275. The first flatter, who is this Asian younger gentleman who looked like he had to take off work from his lunch break to come play because he was dressed in a shirt and tie. All right. Um, <laughs> he makes it 775. So I have ace-king, no diamond. The board's king of diamonds, eight of diamonds, three of hearts. The other two fold. What do you think there? Um, how's an interesting guys? spot. Yeah, how deep are you guys again? We're only 7K. There's 7K to start. This might have been like the fifth hand or something. So we were both 7K deep. Oh, you were that early. Okay. Yeah, it was, yeah, like the fifth hand. Like, um, basically, you have kind of, I guess, well, you have a few options, but really only two that I would consider. One is just just folding being that it's a satellite and just yeah. you know, figuring that you're going to find better spots and you don't have to win the tournament. Or of course, um, you know, uh, just call and kind of turn your hand into a bluff catcher or who knows, maybe yeah. even as a worse King that he's going to keep bombing or obviously a flush draw or complete air. But um, it's, it's interesting in level one in the satellite. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, satellite, it's so different. Like going, going into that hand, I'm, I'm probably going to play that hand very cautiously um because i you know you don't have to really chip up a ton in satellites you want to protect your tournament life but um so i sometimes i may you know check the flop but with three opponents in a satellite with a bunch of bad players i'm probably going to try to get max value from that right from the start you yeah know, i did especially with the plus draw out there i figured i needed yeah. to bet Right. Yeah. No, but I, even, I like the bed with three opponents. Um, but even in a, a satellite, in a satellite, is a guy with a flush drawer doing this in a satellite, like right away, first hand, or are they just going to play, you know, three hands and play a flush draw um, more cautiously? Like, like I said, my question from before is he may have just figured, let's gamble it up so I can go back to work or I can get chips and have a chance to win. Right. right. 
I don't know. I, you really don't know what his, yeah. re, you know what I mean, his reasoning is at that point. So I was, I, I honestly, I wanted to just fold in the plot, but I'm not yeah. that good. Um, do you think he's doing <laughs> this with worst worst kings ever? I mean, is this or or is things just calling? No, I, like I, I think sometimes it's hard to tell when you know nothing about the opponent. Right. Yeah. Um, I think for the most part, like in a satellite, you can just assume everyone's going to kind of give you proper information. Right. Um, so a lot of you know people will probably just call with flush draws and maybe just call with pairs and they're raising because. They have a set. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing that I thought. <laughs> um, like you know, without if you if I have no information at all, I'm usually just going to default to kind of just believing what they're telling me, um, unless yeah. they reason otherwise too. But um, so it's it's a pretty awkward spot. Um, you know, it, again, it, some of it might even just kind of sort of just depend on uh, on my mood and what I have planned for the rest of the day, whether I decide <laughs> to uh, maybe stack off here or just be a complete, uh, just not, not a nip, but just make a, a really tight fold just because you don't really need the uh, high variance play, play yeah, in, a, being a satellite. In, a cheap, in a cheap satellite. So I call, even yeah. though I did want to fold, but I, I did call. I mean, I completely I, understand like, your reasoning. Yeah. I, like, I, I think the call's great. Like, I definitely don't like a, like a repop. Oh, yeah. There's no point in raising there, I don't think. Um, so the turn's the ace of hearts. So the board's king of diamonds, eight of diamonds, three of hearts, ace of hearts. Okay. Great turn for me. Yeah. Um, I check. There's 2,050 in the pot. I check, and he automatically bets 2,000. Okay. <laughs> wow. So he probably has about uh, well, like forty. Yeah, like we had like forty five thousand behind so. or something. Yeah, a little bit over yeah. four thousand. Um, hmm. <laughs> I mean, like the card really shouldn't change so much unless he had like ace eight or something, right? Or ace yeah. of diamonds, ace queen of diamonds, or ace jack of diamonds, ace ten of diamonds. I guess. Right. At at this point in this hand now, I probably. Um, there's enough in there where I'd probably just go ahead and shove and put them, uh, put them all in. Yeah. Uh, you know, make him pay fully for his flush draw if he does have you know two pair or some kind of combo draw. Uh. Um, obviously, you know, he you can maybe get him to call with you know just ace high diamonds or something. Yeah, definitely possible. Right. So I, I take the uh, the worst option and I just call. And then the rivers of four diamonds. So the board's king of diamonds, eight of diamonds, three of hearts, ace of hearts, four diamonds. There's 6,000 in the pot. We each had like 4,400 behind. I checked, and he instantly checked back, and he had a set of threes. <laughs> wow. See, and then, well, that's one time where, you know, it, it was good that you didn't set him in on the turn because yeah, well, you, I got, you, got I the stare, you got the scare card on the river that enabled you to save the bet. But. Yeah, one of the reasons I didn't was it being a satellite, and I figured if he does have me crushed here... Maybe he I won't thought, shove. Yeah, and I still have 4,400, which I ended up running up and winning a seat, so it worked out. Right. Um, it was going to be tough for me to fold on a lot of rivers, though, if he shoved. Right. But I was trying What's to give that? him... Sometimes him. sometimes they don't shove. Some he might only bet another two thousand for, for yeah. value, and and then you save you know twenty four hundred by by just calling. So yeah, so, and you still have a chance. Good. Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought it was kind of a funky hand from twenty five fifty level on a satellite because the dynamics are so different. Yeah, I mean it just yeah. seems like you're going to be out of position. Uh, you know, so the rest of the right because he had position on you that whole hand. Yeah, he had right. Position. And so it, you know, 
he might just keep bombing, and you're going to have to keep putting money in with top pair. Exactly. And, you know, it's just uh, which is why, given the strength of his raise on the flop, my you know my initial instinct is I, I just feel like in a, in a satellite early, those guys are just going to call with you know. With their flush draw or right. their pairs. With their flush draws, with their weak pairs. So it's, you know, either he's really kind of just really bluffing it up, uh-huh. you know, that's part of it, or he's got the set. And, you know, I guess in a satellite that early, I'm just going to play conservatively and just. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think I should have just folded on the flop, but just at the time, I'm like, am I really going to fold top top here? Yeah. This guy? I know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if he, he might only have an hour for lunch, and he might have to get back to work. I, mean, I really didn't know. I mean, he was all dressed up, and I mean, let's be honest, Asians like to gamble. I, you know, I just this so is I, this this hand's a good example of kind of having a plan for a hand, and then being able to change you know and and adjust midstream. Um, yeah. Like my my plan preflop when I get Ace King at twenty five fifty with seven thousand chips is basically just to play it for for value and trying to get value out of worse aces and kings. So you know, uh-huh. I want to keep the raise small and get people in. Um, if, you know, and then I'm probably going to pot control post flop um, for the most part. But when I get three opponents and a bunch of weak players, I'm now, I kind of say, okay, well, I'm going to try and get some good value. Hopefully someone has king queen yeah. and then you get raised and then you kind of have to sort of readjust again. and like, all right, maybe I'll, uh, I'll, I'll just get out of the way. Like, yeah. I, I would definitely, like, if he was just calling, I probably would have just bet that bet trying to get, you know, max value. But Oh, absolutely. I think I definitely would have bet all three streets. If he just absolutely. Called. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. So, uh, not, not, that, not that it would have been a good play, but I would love to know what he does if you shove the river. I actually, when the river hit, I go, I could definitely represent this flush here, but I'm like, but does he have a flush? And I'm, I was trying to figure out if he'd call with a set. I didn't think he'd call with just a king. But I didn't know if I. I mean, I didn't know if I really wanted to turn top two into a bluff there on the river. Right. I, yeah. I right. think you'd probably get a crying call with the set because I think yeah. these guys get attached to the streets that they've already played, and they 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 have a hard time folding rivers like. And that. you also got. I mean, I don't know how worth it it is on the river to turn my hand into a bluff there when I still have you know. Yeah. And a satellite, anyways. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Agreed. So when you say they were giving away seats in the cash games, does that mean that some of these people were essentially free, like they were free rolled into yeah. these things? I mean, they obviously had to play, but more. like they yeah. do. A, they so do some a of them, game. some of them might even be like, eh, I don't even like tournaments, but I'm just going to yeah. go play and they do a so basically like, try to get all my chips. Like in. a few times a day, they just go to the cash game tables and high card and give away a seat. Is that yeah, something like that? They have a system where it picks out a random seat and that person would win a ticket to this. Yeah, and they've been doing it for like two months up to now. Yeah, there's a few tournament series that do that, and like the one in Chicago, um, and those those are amazing because you just have yeah. all kinds of people that would never be playing a tournament playing, like yeah, tournaments and and the main events even not just the satellites. In yeah. Chicago, they give away I think like a couple dozen main event seats doing that. Oh, I mean it's fantastic. Wow. It's a great idea. It just makes for different dynamics when you got to figure out what these people are thinking because you know they more than likely didn't buy in well that's why you're that's why you need to be very sociable at the beginning of the tournament talk to everyone and figure out uh if they're a free roll person or not yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and then tell them that you won your seat and that you hate tournaments (laughs) as i'm wearing as i'm only one in the entire room with a patch on (laughs) oh yeah i want my seat too you don't see me here all the time (laughs) Um, all right, so the second hand's from a $200 re-entry tournament. We're past the re-entry period. Um, 
effective stacks were 12k, blinds are 200, 400 with a 50. Uh, the table is playing kind of loose, um, not super aggressive. There were a few young kids at the table that obviously knew what they were doing, but then you also had your mixture of older guys that had no clue what they were doing. So uh, effective stacks were 30 big blinds deep. I made it 900 from middle position with two jacks. The button flat and the big blind flat, and the big blind seemed like an incompetent young kid. Like, he kind of was just clueless. Um, they both had me covered. The flop was queen of spades, four of spades, queen of whatever. It doesn't really matter. There's 34.50 in the flop, or 34.50 in the pot. So the big blind checks, I just bet 1,050. Figured I'd find out my information pretty quickly. The okay. uh, guy on the button plays really straightforward. Um, and then the young kid just really was kind of clueless. They both called. Uh, what do you, I mean, should I be betting more? Do you think my bet size is fine? I figure the, the one thing that I realize is nobody has any clue there how much is in the pot. Right. So <laughs> you can bet whatever you want to get whatever information you want. Nobody has any idea how to deduce right. anything. They just from. see a bet and there's no, yes. there's no further variation on what that bet means. It's just a bet. Yeah. Right. So, well, I'm always trying to figure out hand ranges. So when they both call, um, you know, it, it's very, very unlikely that someone's just calling you with, you know, with ace high or king jack or something like that. So right. um, they you figure, flush draw. That's the, yeah, there's, you know, Wait. there's a decent chance someone has a pair under the queen. Um, there's a decent chance someone has a flush draw, and there's a pretty decent chance that one of them has a queen. So yeah. and, those, and what those was are basically the, uh, your three options? What was the third card? Queen, queen, uh, eight? Just, uh, queen of spades, four of spades, oh, okay. queen of whatever. I don't remember the suit. Yeah. Queen, queen, four, two spades. Trying to think of any fours that are in their ranges. I mean, yeah, I mean ace, four, four suited. Ace, four. Yeah. Maybe four, three, five, four. Right, right, right. So there are possibly some fours. Yeah. And then, you know, obvious some queen, you know, weak queens, right? I mean. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. right. Yeah. And you said there was a there was a fluster on the board, too? Yeah, there's a fluster on the flop. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Because of that, I probably would have bet a little bigger. Just because that. You, plus draw. Yeah. Planning on I, getting it in. Yeah. Um, I, I, I disagree with that. Um, I want to control the size of the pot in case I'm beat. I also, I'm not worried about a flop and then, you know, I, I, like, I definitely don't want to get it in on a queen, queen, four flop with jacks when there's a, right. you know, a chance someone could have a queen. So I, I'm going to try and get as much information as I can and make, make the best decision I can and give myself a chance to get value from pocket sevens. If you bet too much, um, you're liable to get sevens to fold. You don't want sevens to fold. I mean, yeah. so I like I like a small bet because you can allow yourself to get more information on multiple streets. Plus, you're not going to price out the hands that you want to keep in, and you can control the size of the pot if you're beat or you know if a flush. Like no one's going to fold the flush draw anyway, Good so you point. don't need to you know to try and bet it out because they're never going to fold the flush draw. That's true. Solid so you know, keep sense. them in, get value, and and reevaluate on on each street. I mean, that was kind of my reasoning for betting small. I figure if you bet bigger, you're planning on yeah. getting and hoping they have a flush draw. I mean, you know, I only had 30 big blinds to start the hand. I'm trying to control the pot here. I didn't expect both of them to call. That kind of caught me by surprise. Right. right. Um, so, so then, you know, before the turn comes, I'm kind of figuring out what I'm going to do based on what card comes. And my general strategy is probably going to be to pot control. And um, if one of them has a queen, I'm going to hope it's the big blind because he's probably going to check the turn as well yeah. and maybe you can induce a bluff out of the guy in the button if you check to him and kind and of I'll find out know, where i am and, and sort of you know play it that way would probably be my thinking depending on on what no, comes I completely, 
Completely agree. So, 6,600 in the pot, and then yeah. turns the eight of spades. Okay. So the flush draw gets there. And you do or don't have a jack of spades? I don't have the jack of spades. Okay. So, the big blind checks, I just checked. I don't really think there's much value in me betting here. Right. Now, are and you checking checks. fairly quickly? Are you taking your time? Uh, I take my time. I, I almost always take my time once I get in the pot and, and think yeah. about it. Unless Good. it's, you know a really, really, really small pot, and we're just trying to get through the, you know, I'm, I'm right. usually, once the pot gets built a little bit, I'm, I'm taking my time and thinking about it. Okay. So I check after Hemin and Han for, you know, I mean, taking my time for me is probably 10 seconds. It's not, you right. know, I don't ever it's, take. It's just, it's just giving them a chance not to really know what you have, like, you know, basically putting doubt in their mind on, on what you might be doing or thinking. Exactly. What you could have, yeah. So then the button checks. So the okay. river's another queen. So the board's queen, four, queen, eight, queen. Okay. That's a pretty good river. 6,600 in the pot. <clears throat> and the big blind throws out six yellows. 6,000. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm going, really? <laughs> Dirty. Um, I tanked for a while. Jeez. Yeah. Um. <laughs> exactly. That's my thoughts exactly. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, I couldn't man. see him turning a flush into a bluff here. No. Yeah. I, I think he might not be... with nines or tens. I don't think he's ever going to bet pot with with nines or tens. Um, he, like he should either have a queen or there. he's bluffing, right? Like it's yeah. You know, um, it's kind of hard to be bluffing because he overcalled. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, not usually is he going to turn a flush draw into a bluff. So um, is he going to overcall with a four and then try to represent quads? Um, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I I really didn't know. I I, I mean, I wanted to fold. Right, it, but, and it's yeah. tough to get complete information because there's just still live. There's still a live player behind, so you yeah. don't want to really talk too much or give away much about your hand because there's still that guy behind. Oh, I didn't. Uh, I mean, I didn't say anything at all. I just sat like, there thinking. Like if, there. if if I was going to call, I'd try to look as weak as possible, so maybe I get a a weak over call as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, if I'm obviously if you're going to fold, then it, then it really doesn't matter. Yeah, and I I still would have. With calling, I had four thousand behind. So I mean, I'm not dead. I'm down to ten bigs. Yeah. I ended up calling after probably a good minute and a half. Right. And then the button folded his four face up, and he goes, "If you hadn't called, I was calling." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I love when they say had, that. He had queen jack. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I just, I, I just don't think I'm good enough to fold here. I mean, I, I should be. And then after the fact, I thought about it more and more, and I'm like, maybe I, I should just be folding that river. I mean, he's betting pot. I mean, and yeah, how is he betting pot without a queen? <laughs> yeah, it's just you know figuring out his complete hand range and figuring out what what he what he would do with all those hands. And basically, yeah. there's there's just there's not very many hands he's making that bet with. Um, but you did say he's incompetent, so that kind of you know makes it easier to talk yourself into. Yeah, yeah that was part of my reasoning. I'm going, this guy really doesn't know what he's doing. And right. Your your hands also the turn. I should yeah. bet and try and win this. Yeah, your hands also way underrepped, which always kind of makes it a little bit difficult because you're you're not yeah, 
I really this think, way I go. You I don't think that they, they, they don't, you don't think that they think you have a real hand. So, yeah. right. So, and we've all seen plenty of people make calls on like a double paired board or something and can't fathom why their flesh is no yeah. good. Stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, bad players do weird yeah. things. He was, he was disappointed that no one bet the turn and he had a flush, so he was just planning on bombing the river and then didn't really notice. Didn't um, realize that there's strips on the board. Yeah. <laughs> Possible, yeah. but yeah, if you stare at him long enough, you may be able to realize that he looked down and now saw that he's in trouble. But, right. yeah. but you know, the, the thing about this hand, which I know the other hand was a satellite, is I just hate being in the position where I'm the guy making all these calls without, you know, really having the informa- having much information or being um, being the aggressor in the hands. I, I just I try to conserve my chips for the situations where I can, you know, put more control. And I, I know, you know, we have to think about his range and if we're, we're ahead of it. But I hate just finding myself in these spots. I don't know how – how do you – is there a way to avoid being in Sean's spot where he's just making calls – uh, is he, could, he, could he have done something on the turn and then gotten away from it, or is this just you know just um, I, all he could do in this spot? No, I, I I think his best line is the one that he took. Right. Um, you know, sometimes I'm going to even check the flop, but I don't mind the small bet to try and give yourself a better chance to get you know, uh, more information or complete information. Right. Um, I I think a bet on the turn would just be wasting chips because right. it's a I agree. really, really good chance that someone has a flush or a queen. Right. Um, so there's not much point putting any more money into the pot. Um, you know, I like my approach for, you know, the last long while has been, you know, small ball and, and you know, trust yourselves to make Right. make the right decisions and the right reads post flop because that's where the edge is. Right. Um so you know the more the more pots you play and the more streets you play you should be able to get more and more information and just trust yourself to make the the right decision. So uh, so one of the things that we probably should take from this hand is that you know his small bet on the on the turn. I'm sorry, his small um, bet on the flop and 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 checking behind on the on the turn allowed Sean to actually have the ability to make a decision. Um, on the river without being committed um, for his entire stack. Right. Yeah. And it also, you know, it, it gave somebody, a, like, it, you know, it's inducing bluffs, it's pot controlling. Right. Yeah, you know, exactly. Controlling the size of the pot when you're beat and then, you know. Maximizing your value in, when you're in. Exactly. Exactly. And, yep, and that's the spot he put himself in. It's just a unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> agree out. with you. I, I definitely like being the aggressor, but, I mean, yeah. there's certain situations like this where I just, don't know at what point I could have tried to take over the hand with the stacks the way they were. Right. Right. Agreed. Yeah. 30 bigs is not, uh, not so Yeah. Good. Right. Yep. So, yeah. all right. Now a couple yeah. fun hands from the main. Well, at least one's fun and hopefully I don't look like an idiot in both of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> effective stacks are 24 K. I had, Oh, I want to say like 40,000, but the effective stacks for the hand are 24,000. The blinds are 153, uh, with a quarter. It folds me on the button. I made it 700 with 10-7 offsuit. The small blind and the big blind both flat. Small blind seemed rather competent. Um, a slightly older gentleman, probably uh, early 40s. Big blind was a guy, we were back where the high-stakes cash game tables were. There was 10-20 games going on, and he kept making sure his name was on the list. So he kind of wanted out of there. I, I don't really, you know, he just... He, he saw how juicy the game was, and it didn't really seem like he cared about the tournament that much. All right. So he flats, and he literally just asked the brush to make sure his name was on the list, a few, like two hands before this. 
So uh, 2350 in the pot. Um, the flops, jack of diamonds, ten of diamonds, three, random three. I don't have either. I don't have any diamonds in my hand. Uh, they both checked to me. There's 2350 in there, so I went ahead and bet nine and a quarter. Okay. I, I think I have the best hand at this point, and I want to charge flush draws. Wait, uh, what was the flop again? Jack of diamonds, ten of diamonds, oh, three. Oh, ten of diamonds. Okay, all right. So you have a pair of times. Yep. So I have right. second pair with a seven. Got it. So I bet nine and a quarter on the flop. What do you think? Um, well, first off, before the even like before the flop comes, like I, I'm I'm always trying to, and what I'm always trying to to coach and teach is for people to always be thinking about hand ranges like at at all times of of every hand. Yeah. So pre pre flop, I'm always trying to assign ranges as well, just so you get a better idea when the flop comes and uh-huh. you know flop texture and stuff. Um, you know, the small blind who you think is someone competent, he's calling a button raise. You figure he has a pretty decent, like a decent hand, not yeah. not a really strong hand that he's going to re-raise with, but a decent hand. So he could have a small medium pair. He could have ace X or like kind of two paint hands, like you know, jack ten, king queen, queen jack, uh, all, even like a suited connector hands. Suited yeah. Connector. So so I'm not I'm not a big fan of the flop for for his hand range. Yeah. Um, the big blind from everything you said, I'd assign his his hand any, range on any two cards, right? Yeah. So basically, I'm playing, you know, heads up against the small blind and just, you know, aware that the big blind could have just about anything. Okay. Um, so I I don't really like that flop um, for for what I'm I giving the small the flop, blind. But when they both um, check, I think I need to bet for information. Um, yeah, like there's basically your heads up. So you could either bet, and if you get called, you could then check behind the turn for pot control, or you could or you could check behind the flop for pot control and maybe induce a bluff, but then you yeah. are giving two of them free yeah, cards, and exactly. that's, that's um, part of my reasoning, is I wanted to uh, ideally get heads up. Right. I, yeah. I, I think in this spot, I, I like the bet, and I like, you know, you kept it small to still control the pot. Um, huh. You know, of course, you're giving yourself a, you know, a chance to maybe get bluffed or semi-bluffed off the hand by allowing one of them to check raise you, but yeah. I, they're not, you know, there's not many people that are going to do that in the flop. Even if he has Jack 10, a lot of times they're just going to, you know, slow play and just call and allow you to yeah. check behind the turn. So, so Anyways. small blind folds, big blind calls. Okay. Great scenario. So there's 4,200 in the pot. The turn is a Jack. So the board's Jack 10, three Jack and okay. 4,200 and the big blind leads for 2000. It's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, my my starting plan when the jack comes is, you know, you know, you have two decisions. You bet for value to try and get value out of, you know, tens or draws or or whatever. Yeah. You know, because I, you can't have the best ten, or because he could easily have a better ten. I'm probably gonna check behind if he checks there most of the time. Yeah. But when right. he leads half pot, then you're okay. Is he ever gonna do that with a ten? Not likely. So he should have eight, nine, king, queen, the flush draw, or a ten. Or yeah. just some random. I don't hand. think he's. I don't think he's ever leading with a jack either. Right. That's what I was going to interject. I, um, well, he could, but I don't I, know if I give him enough credit for doing that. Right. Uh, Maybe. I, I. I. don't think it's that random for someone to be leading with a jack there. Yeah. Um, you know, you. You know, you call the top pair and you turn trips. You know, most like. I. I don't think it's that rare that people are going to come out betting. Um, you know, I'm often going to, and then cash game players are often going to because they're just, you know, trying to trying to get value. You don't yeah. expect someone with aces to to bet on the turn even when the second jack comes. So, like, 
I don't think slow playing trip jacks there is really going to be that common because you don't expect the, the other person to ever bet. So I sure. think if he has a jack, he's definitely going to, not definitely, but I think a large per- percentage of the time he's going to lead. So you should have, like, I don't think you have to then worry about your 10 being good because he either has a jack or a draw. So, yeah. Right. So um, I decided to just go ahead and call the turn. I mean, yeah, I don't I, really I like see that. any value in, in raising the turn for sure. And I just, I, I honestly didn't give him a whole lot of credit for having a jack here. Right. I, I figured he'd probably try and put in a check raise and figuring I'm going to two barrel because I'm the young kid wearing a patch. Yeah. Thank you for expressing. That's kind of why I, I that's felt that way. another dynamic is yeah. I'd been rather aggressive at the table. So okay. he, he's, he, I, I don't, that's the one of the reasons I don't think he's leading a jack there. So I, I put him on a draw, possibly a 10 or honestly just a bluff. Okay. Um, so I call, so there's 8,200 in the pot and then the river's a queen. So the board's jack 10, three jack queen. And he leads 5,000. Hmm. I now don't expect him to be betting like king queen for value on the, on the river. Um, like, you know, so he he's probably going to have... check call king queen for value. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, most likely. He could have eight, nine. Yeah. So eight, nine got there. Plus draw. draws missed. Um, I was worried that he's bluffing with a, with a better 10. Right. I, yeah, I, I don't think that is going again. Like we don't know that much about the opponent. Yeah, it's hard. But if he's if he's thinking at all, he's he's probably not playing a ten this way, um, unless he just hated his kicker and then decided to maybe try and get you to fold. Like just it's not like all of a sudden it's like oh, okay. In case my ten's not good, let me see if I can yeah, try and get him to fold aces on the turn on the river. Um, it's, most people aren't able to just change their thinking like that from from the flop uh-huh. to the turn. Um. What was in the pot when he bet 5K? 8,200. Okay. Seems like a value bet. But like I said, he I don't think he had any idea how much was in the pot. Okay. All right. Yeah, he bet 2,000 on the turn, 5,000 on the river. It's pretty pretty standard bet sizing, I guess. Yeah. It's just you know figuring out all possible hands and I guess whether or not uh, I, I, I just think you're good enough to, to make the call. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just really thought he, he's going to – he could definitely lead with a flush draw on the turn and he could definitely buff his flush draws on the river. I was kind of afraid of eight, nine. Like you said, I I don't know if he's valuing King queen there, which is definitely in his range. I think he's just going to check call King queen. Yeah. Uh, He's definitely going to lead a Jack, but I really honestly didn't give him credit for leading a Jack on the turn. So, or yeah, on the turn. So I took took a while or, or, or eight, nine. I was possibly worried that, you know, he had turned a 10 into a bluff, but I mean, most of his tens with bad kickers, I'm chopping against anyways, right? Um, or just a complete bluff. So, so I ended up calling, which could be bad. I'm really still not sold 100 percent either way. And he had deuce three off, so he had bottom pair. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. wow. Branded and raped about how bad I was. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's you know obviously being in position helps you a ton in that hand. It makes it much yeah. easier to you know to to call down in in those spots. Um, you know, I, I definitely like the call on the turn, um, because I think there's, you know, such a huge range of hands that he has that, that you're still beating. Uh-huh. Um, and then the river really doesn't change that much because as we said, we don't expect him to be betting a queen anyway. Um, yeah. all it changes is that the straight draw got there. So yeah, that's, got there. But it, it still leads all, all the, right. you know, 
semi-bluffs and misdraws and, and right. stuff. Right, and it's only one side of the straight short because whenever – I mean, he'd have to have ace-king to have the other side, which he clearly – you know, he's not going to have. Yeah, I can't play expect him to not right. win a three bet in pre-flop with ace-king. Right. Well, there's, a, there's also king-nine, but again, that's – Oh, right, right. That's yeah. Incredible. But um, the, bet, the bet on the flop was small, so you don't want to discount uh, – yeah. Gutter balls from from in the big yeah that one definitely didn't cross my mind the king nine I just I was going through all his hands and I I I just you just kind of have a feeling when somebody just doesn't care anymore and right. that was kind of the impression I got yeah and probably wanted yeah. to show the young kid a, a lesson yeah yeah <laughs> he showed you <laughs> yeah and then he got seated at ten twenty a few minutes later and I could hear him ran and raven and pointing to me about how bad I was I didn't I never say anything I'm just like yep. Then, then of course, for the next hour, I, I got oh every time I open oh I got that ten seven again, don't you? <laughs> so, uh, That's good. so what, I, I thought it was an interesting hand. Um, yeah, definitely. So this is late in day one. Uh, effective stacks are about ninety thousand. The blinds are twelve twenty four, twelve hundred twenty four hundred. Um, I had three bet folded within the last orbit. Uh, there was a kid two on my right that was really good the guy on my left was a high stakes cash game player a younger guy that he was really good as well um i've been playing pretty aggressive so i definitely have i'm living up to the reputation of the young internet kid um i opened 10-9 offsuit under the gun to 5100 at 1200 400 why yeah we can talk about that might be bad (laughs) (laughs) whatever i didn't really i mean the way the table was it would i thought it was fine I mean, I'm trying. To, well, I'm trying to mix in some some you know garbagey hands under the gun based on the way the table is playing. So, I guess we can discuss that, even though whatever. <laughs> well, I, it, it, just the way you say it, it sounds like you kind of know that it's not great. Well, I know but, it's not great, but it's one of those things you kind of had to be there with the table dynamics and everything. I was kind of I would get more respect for my under the gun raises, and I definitely would for my middle position, late position raises. Right. So. Basically, right. it could have been any two cards. It didn't really matter. Well, you said like you know one of the tough toughest players is directly on your left, so he's not yeah. liable to to mess with you when you raise under the gun. And then yeah. you said another competent player was would have been in the big blind this hand. Uh, no. gosh, what was he in the big? Yeah, he would have been the small, the small blind. Okay, well that's so that's you know honestly, if you're going to pick your your raise spots on the yeah. table, this may be your you know, one of your best opening spots every orbit yeah. because you have one good player in the small blind and the other one under the gun plus one, and neither one of them are probably going to give you much resistance, you know, in, in those positions. Yeah. Um, I guess the other one would be when you're on the button and, and that guy's in the uh-huh. small blind. Those would probably be your, you know, your best two opening spots. The only time that that guy isn't able to flat you in position and then the other guy's not involved in the hand either. So. Well, yeah, I mean, the hand that went down a few hands before was the kid two to my right had, had opened. I three bet him. I forget with what, like eight, nine of hearts or something or something random. And then the guy on my left called four bet. And so we both folded. And right. the kid's like, I'm pretty sure I folded the best hand. <laughs> so, I mean, there were dynamics between the two of us, but really the table had gotten really soft other than that. Okay. Now is this near the end of day one? Are you guys close to the money or, or not yet? No, or? it was a uh, day one A and day one B tournament. So, oh, okay. Okay. So just getting towards the end of the day yeah we're getting for i mean we're still going to have a, a decent bubble on day two okay so i make it 5100 um i get flatted by the guy on my left the aggressive okay. guy that was pretty laggy and then i got uh flatted by a girl on the button okay 
So there's 19,200 in the pot. The flop is yeah, before, you, before, you, before you say the flop. No, just okay. you know, my 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 standard thing here is just to again kind of figure out hand ranges right before okay. the flop okay. comes. So you know, the guy on my left here, um, he, you know, he called four bet. He's he's young. He's a high stakes cash guy or whatever you say. He's you know pretty competent, pretty tough. Um, uh-huh. When he's flatting your under the gun range, I don't expect him to really be doing it that light unless you've seen it before so i expect yeah. him to have actually kind of a, a real hand here because he's not three betting it like he's not you know semi-bluffing he actually probably yeah. has a hand that he's playing for value like ace queen ace jack suited maybe you know king queen or you know a kind of mid mid low pocket pair how deep are you guys yeah. again like 40 uh, just under 40 bits yeah 35 yeah. 35 40 bits. okay all right and so, then do the woman, I guess it, it's all based on information. If you think she's she yeah, solid tight or if she's going to be calling she got the, to the table within 15 hands. So I didn't really have a whole lot of information on her. Okay. So um, she had played a couple of them and then, and, and she put in a, a, a couple or she put in two raises on the flop and both times people folded. So to that point, she was a young girl. She seemed, you know, rather competent. So, I, but I also gave her credit for being, you know, a, a decently aggressive player from what I had seen. Okay. So the flops, king of hearts, ten of hearts, nine. Okay. So the so um, I go ahead and I lead for fourteen thousand three hundred. So I flop bottom two. Yeah. So I bet three quarter pot. The guy folds and she check raises the thirty three thousand or she no she didn't she check raises. she just raised the thirty three thousand on the button. Okay. Can I just ask you one quick question? Why you yep. bet three quarters of the pot this time when? Other hands that you've played, you've bet like, you know, 30 or 40 percent of the pot? Because I was out of position. Well, I'm out of position here, too. At uh, the other tables, I didn't have nearly as strong of a hand. I wanted to get value for my hands. I mean, I was willing to play for stacks, obviously, on the flop here. Right. Um, the pot okay, like the if, if, I, I don't know if this is standard, but like if I'm playing against you for a while, I'm um, yeah. quite likely to, to pick up your you know, your bet sizing tells in terms of, you know, you're betting low with kind of weak hands and bombing it when, when you have it, right? Or, oh, no, and, and I completely agree. But you have to come to Florida and see that nobody here really has it. Most of these people have no idea. Right. Well, but you said the one guy in this hand is, is confident. Yeah. Um, it, like the, the, only, the only problem I have with the bet is that, you know, you're going to, you're going to push him out with all of his, like you're going to, he's never going to, well, not never, but he's less likely to float you. Um, he's yeah. less likely to call you with middle pair or some sort of draw because you're just pricing him out and he might just decide it's not the, not the best time to try and get tricky with you. Uh-huh. Um, so that, that I just don't like, you know, so betting like eight to 9,000 would probably be more like, like, you know, it's, you know, you guys really aren't that deep. The pot's already pretty big. Um, yeah. Like I like to stay consistent. I'm going to bet probably like 40 to 50% of the pot and, and give him a chance to float, give him a chance to make a move, give him a chance to call me down with, with middle pair or some sort of, you know, gutter ball. Uh-huh. Um, like, you know, if he has ace jack, ace queen, um, he's, he's definitely going to, you know, semi float your, your C bet, but if you bomb three quarters pot, he might just decide, ah, this guy's really serious about this hand. I'll just, I'll just get out of the way and give him this one. Right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I definitely could have. I mean, I definitely. I mean, also, it had been a long day. I was tired, and I just figured, well, I fought the big hand. Let's get some chips in the middle. And and I, <laughs> you know, and I really wasn't giving most of the people at the credit, or at the table and, credit for. Like I, I'd, 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 I'd rather check raise than I would, 
you know, just lead out bombing because at least by tech gotcha. racing, you're giving them a chance to put some chips in the middle. I just think yeah. way too often you're just going to force them out of the pot and just win the hand. No, you're right. When you flop yeah. huge. I, so she raises. She yeah, she makes it thirty three thousand. And I just, I mean, I, I just stuck it all in. I figured there's so many hands in her range that, you know, ace, queen of hearts, king, jack. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many hands that she's probably not folding. I, I figured my bottom two pair were more than likely good against her range there. Right. Like, it's so, obviously it's hard for, harder for her to have a set of tens or set of nines. She's not going to have a set of kings. Um, you know, kings, and I still had, a possibility. And I still had fold equities, you know, to a certain extent. <laughs> She um, had probably a hundred and sixty thousand to start the hand. Right, but she's was, never going to fold. She's never going to fold better than you. So fold. Yeah, no, I agree. Doesn't really matter. Um, you're trying to get her to call with worse. Yeah. Um, you know, at that point, you can't really just flat her. Uh, her no. Yeah. Her I mean, I think there's already so much yeah. money in the middle. It's either you know, obviously you're going with it. Um, yeah. You know. Like she's never gonna fold better, so fold equity doesn't doesn't. I That's think, true. Is is, is right because you're not trying to get yeah, it. Right, right. You're just trying to get it in, or you know. I use the wrong term there. <laughs> well, I guess. Well, I don't know. Yeah, like if she has some huge combo draw, she's not. She can't fold anyway. So I, so I just don't. Really she's she's folding her bluffs and she's calling um, with just about everything else, um, except yeah. maybe she hero folds like king king jack or king queen because she just thinks she's beaten decides yeah. not to not to get it in with you so in that regards i get like you have full equity over those hands that that but you're ahead of that you know could obviously draw out on you but yeah right. and didn't you say she had she had raised two flops she had raised the two table? flops and folded so it was kind of you know i'm just like well it was I'll be honest, it wasn't necessarily the best thinking on my part, but I'm just kind of like, she has better, so be it. <laughs> I'm just getting it in here. <laughs> 35 big blinds, my hand, you know, it's not putting me on bottom two here, I can assure you of that. Right. Right. It, it's, um, like, it's it's harder for her, it's hard for her to have, like, you know, there's King-10 is obviously the most logical hand that might have you beat, or, of course, Queen-Jack, if she just swapped the nuts. Yeah. Um, you don't think but, it's possible she has the set? I mean, well, I mean, it is. it's just possible, but... Why? It's, it's it's less likely because you know Sean has a ten and a nine in his hand, so you know. Oh right, right. Then, yes, then, then a yeah. one outer for her yep. to bink a set of nines or tens. And yeah, no, never I mind. That's right. That's I don't right. think she ever has kings. So yep. basically, like king ten or queen jack are the hands you know I'm I'm most worried about. Um, uh-huh. And then obviously just trying to get it in against king jack, king queen, or you know combo flush draw or or something yeah, like that. Yeah, jack of hearts or ace queen of hearts or whatever. Yeah. So I got it in, and she had she did have Queen Jack, but I, I hit a nice little nine on the turn for a, a nice little. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's I, so I, dirty. Mean, I, I think check raising would have been better. Once I lead, I kind of think the hand plays itself. I'm never folding. Uh, you know, thirty five big blinds deep. Yeah. Yeah, like you're you're never folding anyway. Um, yeah. Like you know, if you di- if you did decide to go for the check raise and um, she bets, then maybe you end up not even check raise. Like if if the guy didn't bet, like if I uh-huh. if I ended up saying, okay, maybe I'll try and play this a bit different and maybe go for a check raise, um, and I I check and the guy checks and then she bets, I'm probably not yeah. even raised at that point because I want to try and um, maybe let that guy do something crazy or you know and at least give him a chance or give the you know lady a chance maybe to bluff again or get more value later. So I might even yeah. just call, um, and then obviously you would have 
voted on the turn, but yeah, you know, so then maybe you check raise or even lead or, or do different things when once your head's up against her because then it's just trying to get max value from her. Yeah, Which yeah. The, the only the only thing I don't like is is just the the bomb on the flop because it, the again you don't want to you don't want to fold out um, the hand like obviously she's not folding huge draws or the nuts <laughs> so yeah, that yeah. doesn't matter but you you don't want to push out the you know the floats or the or the light calls or um giving them a chance to maybe bluff right like if you were planning on bluffing a flop that you're probably mm. not going to choose the time when the guy just bombs three quarters pot to yeah that's raise. true you're, you're gonna give him credit for having a hand there you're usually going to raise the ones where it makes them look or makes it look like they're kind of maybe betting weak or you know kind of trying to control the size of the pot or, or something like that yeah um, you're right. so so definitely a mistake on my part <laughs> yeah did she berate you afterwards for no. raising with she nine ten came, off <laughs> she even came back when i made the final table and she was like i'm so proud to use my chips well yeah. <laughs> so what was the fi- so tell us about the final table? Who how who was there? Was it a six-handed or an eight-handed or a nine-handed? How many? Oh, uh, no, it was 10-handed. It was 10-handed. Okay, 10-handed. Yeah, it was 10-handed. And then um basically when we were 5 hand- 5 and 6 before we went to the final table, it was me, Clemente, Dfish, and Corey on our 5-handed table. And when we got 5-handed, it was the same four of us and one of the guys from the other table. Well, I- explain who those guys are. Oh, Daryl Fish is D Fish yeah. online. Yep, right. Uh, Very good player. Commander Cool, Corey yeah. Burbick. He's really good. He was yeah. on my right. Um, and then Dan Clemente, who I didn't know at the time, and he had a huge chip lead once we got to the final table. He, he, I mean, he plays well, but he also ran really well, too. Right. He uh, he has a bunch of live scores. I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. So the cream really rise to the top at that tournament, huh? Yeah, it definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and what were your table? What were your positions again? Who you, Clemente was on. Clemente had the huge chip lead, and he was on my left. So it kind of oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, and especially because with the you know the blinds went up not super rapidly, but every forty minutes is kind of quick for a WPT two K final table. Right. Yeah. And uh, so the average stack definitely got shallower rather quickly, and we, uh, I mean, there was it was when we were six handed. There was four of us all within, like, 15 to 23 big blinds. And then Daryl Fish had probably 30 or 35 big blinds, and then Clemente had, like, half the chips in play. Ah. So, and the pay jumps were kind of weird. So just it's more or less making sure you didn't make any ICM fails. We were all just kind of waiting for one another to bust, you know? Right, right. How'd you go out? Uh, uh, Five-handed, I raised ace-jack off. We were all min raising at that point. Ace jack off under. I mean, I'm basically min raising the entire tournament. Maybe, right. you know, three hundred, one fifty, three hundred to make it seven hundred. You know, I. That's basically what I do. But at this point, all five of us are min raising. I made it two big blinds. Uh, Daryl shoved from the small blind. I, I had ace jack off. I just think it's way too yeah. strong to be folding five handed with twenty two big blinds. I'm just asking to get fifth of a raise folding yeah. twenty two yeah. big blinds. So How I'm many blinds? Daryl had you covered with 30? And yeah. Then, uh, and he, he had just knocked out the guy that got six, so at this point he was up to about 50. We played six-handed for a while. And the big blind was obviously shorter than than you? Uh, yeah, the, the big blind was Corey, and Corey only had 18, 19 big blinds. Okay, so you opened the the button with, with 22. I opened under the gun. Oh, okay, okay. And, and Fish shoved on you from the small from blind, the small blind. Yeah. having both, both of you covered with both of you having like yeah. you know, 20 to 18 bigs? Yeah. 
uh, I mean, it was close. I, 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 I tank. Because you're raising in, you're raising into the chip leader this hand too, right? You're opening a 22 big blind stack. Yeah. Um, under the gun, raising into the chip leader and all these shove stacks. Yeah. It's probably close to the bottom of your range, right? I guess you know five yeah. hand. You're you're yeah. you're opening ace ten maybe suited aces king queen hands like that but and i mean i think i you know i could probably open just for a steal with some other hands as well and raise fold right um, probably not a lot but I, I mean i definitely could be right like if, if i'm if i'm fish there um you know obviously because of the icm dynamics and and stuff maybe he figures maybe he can get you to make a tight fold because of that like i i don't think he's ever doing it with there yeah um, but he probably has like you know, he he's definitely capable of maybe doing it with like nine ten suited or something, just because he thinks maybe he can get you to make a lay down because of the uh, the nice. stack dynamics and, and stuff. But yeah, um, you know, I'm if I'm him, I'm going to be definitely concerned that you probably have a a hand that you're going with just because of your stack size and where you're opening from. Yeah, mm. I tanked for probably a minute and uh, I call and he goes, oh, I think we have the same hand, and he flipped yeah, over king queen. queen. One other question I had, and I asked Casey about this too, and I'm anxious to see what Mike says. It folded to Corey in the small blind. He had, this is probably the orbit before the orbit before that, he had 18 big blinds, and he shoved from the small blind. I had 25 okay, well, before, before you even tell me your hand, I'll, I'll just kind oh, of... Oh, no, I know. That's why I, was, I, I wasn't going to yeah. tell you my hand. Right. What was your calling range of 18 big blind shove from Commander Cool from the small blind? So this is five-handed? Uh, yes. Five-handed. Sure, yeah, we had been five-handed for one orbit. Okay, so falls with him, and he and he just open shoves eighteen bigs, and you have yeah. twenty-two bigs. I have twenty-five. Twenty-five. Um, calling with probably ace. Yeah, definitely ace eight plus. Maybe talking myself into a call with ace seven, king uh-huh. queen for sure. And probably uh, pocket fives or better, okay. something that range. Obviously, I don't know how many times he's done this before, or if he's been first time shoving his entire. It's first time he's ever shoved. yeah. So well, like I definitely blind versus blind. Right. So I I definitely like I absolutely exclude like any any monsters. Yeah. Like if he has you know if he has ace you know, ace ten or maybe even like ace eight or better, he's gonna be raising to induce. Um, probably King Queen, maybe even, you know, King Jack. Um uh, and then, you know, probably yeah, sevens plus. He might just jam sixes, fives, fours, all those yeah. hands. So yeah. like basically my my calling range is something that is gonna have his shoving range dominated. Right. right? I so it. I don't wanna just call off with ace deuce because, you know, who knows he well, and there was probably probably chopping or racing. Like I'm I'm calling with hands that I'm hopefully going to have them dominated with. So and there was another guy at the table with 16 big blinds at the time as well. Right. So I mean, you know, I, I I'm sure the pay jump doesn't make a big difference to him, but you know, right. it's, it's, I, yeah. it does have a impact. Corey's Corey's going to shove kind of you know, you know he's he's going to shove a pretty wide range here. I think just because he knows it's really tough for you to call and it's blind yeah. on blind. Um, you know, he's. He's probably shoving all of his jack tens, ten nine suited, and you know, he, like he's. He, I, I think he's shoving a, a decent, a decent range here, but never, never a monster. And I don't think he's just gonna jam junk here in this spot. But yeah, I folded ace five. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I knew it was real close. Yeah, and I, I think, I think, 
Um, given the the stacks and everything, I, I think that's probably I would do the same. As I said, like I you know I ace eight I snap comfortably. Yeah. Um, Seven I might find a might find a call and ace six I might find a fold and ace five I, I probably fold. He told me later he had twos. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's kind of which makes know, sense. But I expect him to yeah start with his you know small smallish pairs and then kind of just a sort of a, a half decent kind of hand like ace rag or or jack ten or queen queen jack kind of thing. Yeah. Right. What was Casey's take on that hand? He said a seven plus, um, I think fours plus, but it might have been fives and king queen. <laughs> yeah. So pretty much, <laughs> pretty much spot exactly on. the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. funny. That's, that's, that's scary. I don't, yeah, I don't and know. I mean, I knew ace five was real close. I, you know, I just was making sure. Yeah, it's funny that you and Casey arrived at the same thing because you guys play so differently. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm kind of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. yeah, but you know what? I mean, calling is different calling than range is different yeah, than exactly. Yeah, calling range. I think you could you could become a little you could be a little closer. Good players have closer calling ranges as opposed to to what they're doing. Yeah, like yeah. I, I play a yeah. lot of aspects of my game. Maybe obviously probably a lot different and nittier than than Casey, but. Calling, like, yeah. calling all ends is is, is pretty. Uh... Yeah, because there's just one step. Figure out what they have, right? Yeah. yeah. So so you, the good players probably merge, converge on on theories there. So cool, right? Good stuff. Right. Well, cool. I guess we should uh, we should probably wrap it up here. Um, Want to thank you guys both for joining us, of course. Um, as a reminder, make sure and check out Mike's uh, new website, MikeLeah.com, L-E-A-H, for those of you who don't know how to spell the last name. Uh, so go over there and check out his website. And uh, congrats again, Sean. Thanks. Really nice run. Really nice run. Very good. All right, good luck in the Turbo Bye. Coop, Mike. Thank you. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays to you guys, too. Yeah. Yes. Right. You, too. Cool. All right, we'll take a break, and then we'll come back here and wrap it up on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. I want to say thank you to Sean and Mike for joining us today. Great conversation. Yeah, man, Mike is such a hand reader. That's just amazing. Yeah, he. It, it's really, it really influences me to try to do a better job of reconstructing hands yeah. when I think about him because he's very methodical in the way that he wants to talk about and think about hands. Did you and, notice how many times he stopped us from moving to the flop before we gave a range? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, like, well, before we do that, let's stop and think yeah. about what all these guys could have. And I don't spend as much time doing that as I should. No, we, you I, really. I spend a lot of time going, okay, you know, it was four-handed, and I see bet, and then three guys folded. And you never stop to think about what, yeah. <laughs> what anybody could have had, and, and should you be see betting, and how much. And, and it's funny that the comparison to Big Dog came up at the end, because they do play so differently. And they obviously both have such great success. And, and, and you know, you try to think about, you know, you, you, there's so many different ways to be successful in poker you know and mike's way i think mike is mike is appropriately aggressive when he you know i mean i think he he can you know he can you know run bluffs and he can you know build big pots but he just i think his biggest strength is he knows he can read hands so well and he just knows where he is so often and knows how to and knows how to range people as yeah. well as anyone and i mean of course big dog is, is very good at that as well um so but but they just they take that information and they do different things with them and yeah. Mike just is, you know, all about understanding ranges and what people do. So it's really fun to, to do. And that's what he does in his videos too, which is why his videos are so popular. Because he's just right. I mean, what we just did here with him on 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 this this podcast and the, those conversations about those hands, he does that talking to himself in the <laughs> in the videos. Right. <laughs> but it's good because it stops and forces you to do it. So I've I've now what I do when I watch his videos is I stop the video before he says anything. You know, like when 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 someone, you know, calls him or, you know, there's a flop and I try to like do what he does and try to you know, right. try to get it right. You know, and you get better and better at it as you do it. So it's been fun to watch, fun to do that, you know, getting better yeah. watching his videos. Yep. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. And, and obviously congrats to Sean for, yeah. for making such a good run. I mean, obviously I know he'd like to have won or finished higher, but, um, you know, winning a big live tournament or, or you know making that much money in a big live tournament is a huge accomplishment. Absolutely, especially with that field. I mean, talk you know just talking about the guys at the final. Yeah, table. his final table was pretty tough, man. That those guys are good. Like we didn't give him. I don't think we even really. I mean, I know we gave him props on the, on the strategy section, but the guys that he, Fish and uh, Commander Cool and Clemente, those guys are good. They're really good yeah. players. So, um, you know, congrats to him on that. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so yeah. Once again, thanks to those guys for stopping in. We'll make sure and uh, try to get Mike on again sometime in the relatively near future because he's so good. Yeah, yeah, but definitely check out his website. Definitely go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a reminder, MikeLea.com. Go over there and check that out. And uh, and yeah, and let's talk about what we got. Speaking of websites, what we got going on at uh, Tournament Poker? Edge. Right. So we got Mike's recent, current series is actually running right now. It's uh, um, in the at the W Coop before he. You know, before he ran up to the player, you know, eighth place in the player of the year and, and, and chopped the main event, um, he recorded a live sweat for us early in the W Coop, which we put up his, his main event first because, you know, there's so much interest in it. Um, but this is a really great video, too, from the perspective of learning and, you know, all the things we just talked about, what he does. So we got Mike's video running right now. Um, we have a really neat series. I think I mentioned this last week from T-Twist, uh, sticking it to himself. Um, before and after with T-Twist, the Sunday Million, um, he talks about, you know, uh, he, he reviews an old Sunday Million of his. We made a deep run, and it's really funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's, really, yeah it's, been, it's been fun to listen it's to. It's a really funny video because he just can't believe some of the things he does and how much he's improved and learned since then. Um, so that's running. Yeah. Um, there are really cool theory videos running right now. So Daryl Jace, A A A A A A A. I don't know if that was nine A's or not, but. Um, <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Uh, he's been doing theory. He, you know, he came in and did a hand history review for us. Um, and he's he's a very, I think we also mentioned this last week, but he's a very methodical um, thinking player. Um, also amazing at hand reading, and he um, he's 
doing a couple of uh, uh, theory videos for us. Uh, first video was how to become a better poker player, which was cool because he kind of talked, walked you through how he studied. But now he has a three-part series on exploiting tendencies. So what to do if someone bets three bets too much, what to do if someone C bets too much, what to do if someone calls too much, and with hand examples. Um, really yeah. good reaction to that so far. So that's been that's been a lot of fun to, to watch. And it's a three-parter, so it'll be continuing. We don't put theory videos up one, two, three. We give you some time in between them because they're so intensive and so um, you know thought-provoking. We want to give you time to, to work on and watch them a couple times. Um, and then he has another theory video that's you know up for release eventually, um, relatively soon on hand range on ranging people. So that's right. that's that's exciting. And uh, and then he won the merge hundred k this Sunday. The you know the the hundred dollar uh, merge major. Um, he won it outright, and he's doing a hand history review on that for us. So um, so that'll be up relatively soon as well. So you know just a lot of lot of good videos. Uh, going up oh and <laughs> more to mention uh um brendor uh you know who just finished his first series with us um won the on game um 1k on two monday night and he actually turned the recorder on for the final table so nice. that's coming out and we have a new pro we're gonna we're gonna drop a, a tpe strategy podcast exclusive here um, ready to announce a new pro. I've uh, just been editing his videos, and his videos are going to be up next week. Uh, Derek, would you like to do the honors? Yeah, sounds good. We're uh, really excited to be adding uh, our first UK pro, actually, uh, Ben Kidcardiff 6 Warrington. Um, many of you will probably recognize the name. He's had a, you know, a ton of online success. He's been ranked as high as number one in the UK, and he, like I said, he's just won a boatload of of online, uh, huge online tournaments, yeah. uh, F-tops and, and things like that. So uh, we're really excited about having him on board. He, um, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who edits the videos, right? Uh, he, his videos are awesome. His thought process, thought process is fantastic. Reminds me a lot of Brendor um, and just the way he thinks through hands and, and, and walks you through it, um, obviously, but with his own flair and his own style. Um, I'm really excited to have him on. He's, he's a great player. So, uh, so there you go. We've got an, another pro. Rolling out. Yep. Pro after pro after yeah, pro. it's it's a it's a great a great time to be a member of TVE. Yeah. Not to toot our own horn, but I mean we're just rolling out so many great videos and and adding so many new pros that yeah. I mean it's it, we used to talk about this all the time about how we started this site. Uh, it's a great time to uh, to be able to watch all these videos. Yep. Like I'm enjoying it as much as a as a member as I am as you know yeah. part of the team. So well, I, I, I'm lucky. I get to uh, I get to chat like technical details with <laughs> with Daryl and and Brendor and 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 now Ben and Mike so I got these guys on my instant message <laughs> so right. I get to drop them hands that I have <laughs> so I'm like, cool so uh yeah welcome Ben um like I said video will premiere next week um so by the time uh, many of you listen to this it'll be live or be going live soon so look out for that yep looking forward and to we'll, it. we'll announce when his video is up on twitter should be i'm not sure if we're going to do it monday or thursday uh, i have to look at the schedule to see what's what's slotted and what's still running but uh yeah get it out next week Soon enough cool anything else we need to cover no don't forget to follow us uh on twitter at turn poker edge so t-o-u-r-n poker edge um yep. and i'm at ron fez buddy um on Twitter. I'd love to connect anyone who listens to the podcast. Love to hear from you. If you have any questions about, you know, things that happen on the podcast or any of the hands uh, or things that you want us to talk about on the podcast, just shoot us a, you know, find us. Like I said, I'm on, I'm at Ron Fez buddy uh, on Twitter and I love, 
Um, I, I love talking about the podcast. Last year at the World Series, um, I got stopped by a couple people who were like, hey, you host the podcast and because and, I was wearing a TP shirt. Um, mm-hmm. And just some awesome like questions about some of the hands that came up and people wanted to talk about it. So we love we love talking about the podcast. Anyone who's interested, as you can tell, we love talking about poker. So um, just uh, hit us up on Twitter. We're there. Yep, hit us up anytime. We're online a lot, especially at night yep. when we're grinding. Yep. So yep. And we, we, we keep it updated on when what's going on with the podcast and whatnot. So, yeah, love to hear from you guys. Cool. cool. All right, well, let's uh, let's wrap this one up. I guess this will be the last TPE podcast of 2011. So Absolutely. Happy holidays, everybody. Buddy. Yep, you as well. Everybody out there, enjoy your holiday season, and Happy New Year to you all. And uh, hopefully we'll all have a hugely successful uh, poker 2012. Poker so. in the USA. All I want for Christmas is poker. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, one time, please. It's funny, talking about Twitter, I tweeted that last night. I was just sitting around, uh-huh. and I tweeted that, and I, I, it got retweeted like 40 times. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Everyone's saying, all I want for, po- for Christmas is poker in the U.S. <laughs> uh, Bring it back, please. <laughs> yeah. Santa, if you're listening. Santa is a nit. He's a donk. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. Cool. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here, but again, happy holidays, and uh, happy new year to everybody out there, and we'll see you guys all in 2012 on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. See ya. Love it, it's not rough, it is.